Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional and Missional. Welcome to Creeds and Deeds. Hi, thank you guys for joining me today. It is Witness Wednesday, and today I am going to share a conversation that I had with an old friend of mine named Alex. Um, We were friends throughout high school and then for quite a while after high school, and man, we had a lot of, uh, uh, we spent a lot of time together, and we had some crazy, like, different things that we, like, happened to us together and stuff, and uh, helped out each other in multiple ways and stuff, um, yeah, and it, I, you know, I hadn't talked to him in probably, I don't even know, 10 years or more, and, uh, saw him over on Facebook and he started we kind of started talking a little bit a couple times and then never really had much of a conversation but he uh, messaged me last week and uh, said he you know wanted to talk to me actually I think I messaged him but anyways he said that he would like to you know get on the phone and talk with me and uh, kept trying to and trying to and never had a chance and then finally today I had a chance um, last night he uh, uh, I asked him if he was available anytime soon and he told me that he was and then I told I asked him I was like did I hear because he had said something that made me think that maybe he'd become a Christian so I asked him I was like did you become a Christian and he's like no but you know I've been wondering about that and wondering about how you uh, how I have such a strong faith and everything and he wanted to talk to me more about it and so um, today we're able to talk and uh, he had some really good questions, and, you know, it seems to me like he's really, like he said uh, um, in the conversation, he says some stuff about how he uh, is interested, like, in how people can have this this surety, you know, this sense of knowing what's coming for them, you know, like, like knowing Christ and stuff. I have a surety about where I'm going to go when I die and stuff. And he was wondering about that, and uh, um, I think a lot of people wonder about that, you know, and I just think it's, you can see that he has been searching and stuff, and so this conversation, I think it went really well, and I hope that you enjoy it, and that you're encouraged by it, and as you listen to it, just think of who in your life may be looking, who's searching for the answers to life's biggest questions and how can you share the faith that you found in Christ like the Bible says always be ready to share the reason for the faith that's in you can you are you ready to share the faith when you have to share your faith when you have an old friend who contacts you or when you have a co-worker who, who's in crisis Do you know how to explain the gospel in a way to them that's right for them? And I would say the way to get prepared is to be strong in your Bible reading and your prayer. All right. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and we will talk afterwards and pray. All right. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. I can hear you now. All right. I think I think it's. I don't know. I've never used this app before, so we'll see. 
<laughs> I usually use like the because the app that I create my podcasts on every day. I uh, I use it usually if I'm doing an interview, but I found this new thing where I can record actual phone calls, so I thought I'd do that. So, but anyway, yeah, I, I met a guy that used that. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I met a so guy that used a, an app to to record his phone calls. He uh, his whole thing was uh, scamming the uh, uh, service animals thing, where he he he'd book a hotel room and then say he had service animals, and then his animals were uh, not trained, and they'd bark, and then the hotel would kick him out, and he'd basically say like, "Well, I'm recording my phone calls because." I'm disabled and I have the uh, I have a hard time keeping notes uh, and so he'd, he'd have uh, recordings of the hotel kicking him out because of his dogs and I guess his dogs were legitimate service dogs and so he just went around the country scamming five to ten thousand dollar lawsuits out of different hotels. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, crazy. So you were saying that you, uh, you know, you you mentioned last night, just kind of like you were wondering about my, you know, kind of how I changed after I became a Christian and how I'm like so strong in my convictions and all that stuff. Like, what were you wondering and stuff? Well, I mean, that's uh, there's a whole lot to unravel there, but uh, obviously I'm uh, I'm quite interested in in what sparked the change, what uh, what took you from being um, just a hardcore uh, smash the state uh, uh, anti um, conservative value individual into uh, what I see as a, a conservative uh, conservative Christian patriot, and and um, is this part of what I've always struggled with is is the uh, you know coming to coming to terms with, uh, you know, with where Christianity sat, sat with me. It's, it's not that I didn't like the values. It's it's that I, I was uncomfortable with who I saw and how they were portraying uh, yeah. these values. Yeah, and I can understand that. I mean, you do see a lot of, like, uh, hypocritical type things in Christianity where uh, where people will say one thing and then act a completely different way or, you know, stuff like that. So it can, it can be very, like, for people from the outside, like, looking in, it can be very, like, uh, like why would I want to be like that? I can understand that. So tell me, um, what do you what do you kind of, like, actually believe about, like, the afterlife? Like, what, what do you think happens after somebody dies? Um, it's, it's something that I still struggle with. I don't, I don't feel like I have any answers as to, as to what does happen. Um, if anything, um, you know, I've seen death. I've, I've watched people die and it does seem like something leaves, you know, call it the spirit or the soul, you know, what have you. Um, I just, I haven't, uh, I haven't felt the presence that people claim to have felt when they, 
when they pray, when they offer their lives to um, any number of different gods. And, and to tell you the truth, I've, I've done a lot of research since you and I have last spoke. Uh, you know, I, I, I read the Bhagavad Gita, which is the, the Hindu religious text. Um, I, I did uh, five days silent meditation with some Buddhist monks at a Vipassana retreat in the hills of Northern California. Um, I've, I've spoken with uh, some Muslim folk, uh, not as much. Uh, I'm I'm quite off put by a lot of uh, a lot of the things. The the more that I learn um, about yeah. that religion, the, the less that I really even want to try and understand it. And I suppose that's bigoted, um, but there are some things that I just I just can't get behind uh, the um, sexual relations with children and 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 things of that nature. Um, yeah. I don't think that that's bigoted. Maybe, like, today's society would say that that's bigoted, but I really think that, like, if you see something, like, if you have a moral, like, standing, right, like, you think you have an idea of what good and wrong, good good and bad is, right, and you see something and you're like, no, that's bad, I don't think it's bigoted to be like, I don't want anything to do with it because that's bad, right? You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with, uh, what do they call it, uh, 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 man, boy, love society, or whatever the hell they call themselves, like the guys, like the pedophiles, you know? Yeah, the the NAMBLA, the North American Man Boy yeah. Love Association. Yeah, um, yeah, I wouldn't want anything to do with that because it's like I don't want anything to do with pedophiles, you know? Like I'll call out pedophiles for being wrong, and I don't think that's bigoted. You know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, so go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, you're cutting out really bad. Yeah, you, you've been you've been cutting out this entire call. Um, yeah, me too, or you too. I don't know why it's doing that. It must be just bad service for some reason. Yeah, I have. I'm showing four bars of 4G. Yeah, I'm showing five, but I don't know why it's acting like that. Anyways, so um, I mean, I can understand you at least, but uh, so. So it sounds to me kind of like you're just like you've like, you know, you have an idea that that there's something. I mean, it seems like there probably is something because you're uh, because you um, have been looking around at different stuff. So you have at least an idea that that maybe there is something, but you're just not really sure about it or whatever. Yeah, that's um, that's a fair assessment of 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 where I'm at. Uh, I just I'm just starved for the the sense of surety because there are uh of all the religions that I've looked into um Christianity checks the majority of the boxes for for a way of life that I would like to live um uh, the only thing that's ever really held me back is the that that lack of surety, that lack of faith, I, I guess one could call it. Um, yeah. People talk about a, a feeling of warmth or a feeling of absolute knowing, or or a, a, you know, uh, some folks even speak of uh, of hearing the voice of God, and and I just haven't. And uh, yeah. it's it's demoralizing and and disheartening when folks tell you that that's because of your particular lack of faith uh how how do you how does one be more open to that how does yeah. how does one 
continue to search when they're told that their searches aren't genuine? And how does another person yeah. know when another person's uh, searches are genuine? Yeah, exactly. And that's what, so there's a lot of uh, Christianity, especially in America, that is uh, very, very, uh, uh, I'm just going to say wrong, right? Because they focus so much on like feeling and they like kind of, I would say like misinterpret the Bible to be like, oh, well, you're, you know, you're not feeling it. So you must just not have enough faith and like blah, 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 like all that stuff. And that's like exactly what you said is that it's uh, it's disheartening to people because what if you just don't feel it? And, you know, I've been a Christian now since 2010, so like nine, eight, eight and a half, nine years. And there's been lots of times when I just like did not feel it. You know what I mean? But like the thing is, is that Christianity, historical Orthodox Christianity, like the, that the apostles taught in the Bible and stuff, is a historical religion. It's not a religion like, um, you know, Buddhism and all those Eastern religions that's based on feeling. It's a it's a it's a religion that's based on historical fact. And when you come to see the truth of the his, of the historical fact of it, and you say, okay. I'm going to put my faith in this based on that. Then you start to get the experience that allows your faith to be built up more. So my best example of that is, is a chair, right? If you're, um, if you see a chair sitting in front of you, never sat on that chair before, never even seen that chair before, you uh, have faith that when you sit down on that chair, as long as it doesn't look like it's going to break, um, that that chair is going to hold you. And the reason that you have faith in that is because historically, chairs hold people, right? You've never experienced a chair holding you or anything like that. Now, when you sit down in that chair, now you've had that experience. And so now you know that the chair is going to hold you, right? And so I think it's kind of the same thing um, because when you look at the truth claims of Christianity and you look at the fact that and you look at the morality that is experienced uh, very clearly in, in humans, um, there's a very clear sense of, uh, of like, what would I call, what would you call it? Like um, uh, uh, universal morality where you see like there's a, an overall sense of uh, good and bad across the world. And um, so you see that, you see that first of all, like let's start with that, right? Let's start with the fact that, no matter where you go in the world, there is an, an, a general sense of good and bad. Um, you see evil in the world and you call it out as evil. You see good things and you know that they are good, you know, like helping out orphans and, and uh, people that are, you know, widows and stuff like that is a good thing. And um, so because of that, the uh, – the, um, uh, that kind of shows that there's a that there's a good and an evil. So if there wasn't a god or a a something outside of this world, there could be no such thing as good and evil because it all would be relative to whatever each person felt. If one person felt like murdering Jewish people Jews was good, then there's nobody to tell them that that's wrong, right? But we condemned Hitler across the world as being evil for that because we know that it's evil. Um, 
so if you start off with that, then it's like, okay, if there's a moral law, then there has to be a moral lawgiver, and that moral lawgiver must be outside of our world in order for it to be universal. Um, then if you want to get into, like, you know, uh, physics, or I'm sorry, uh, creation, biology, all of that stuff, it's impossible for anything to come from nothing. If you truly have nothing, there never can be anything. Anything can't be, like, any particle cannot be created from nothing. It's impossible. Um, so because of that, something outside of the world that is eternally existent has to have created that thing, whatever it is. Are you still there? I'm here. Yes, I'm just listening. Okay, cool. Um, and I just wanted to make sure. And so if there's that eternal thing or that somebody, that eternal being that created the first things, then, and we know that the universe has had a beginning, like um, there's like background radiation in the universe. They, they've seen like the decay of um, energy and mass and everything. So we know it decays, which means that if you go backwards, it had to have had a beginning. Um, it's not eternal. So there had to have been from outside of it. And then uh, let me just hold, hold on. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm back. Um, anyways, so I would say that those two facts, like, and I, I could go into them more, but I don't want to, like, bore you, really. Um, are, you, are you still there, right? Yeah, no, I'm here. Okay, cool. Uh, the, they uh, would give evidence that there had to be some sort of creator, some sort of being that is preexistent. He existed before time, before the universe, all that stuff, in order to bring those things into being. He has to be good because he created the idea or he created the morals that are in us. Um, so we, we can start with that, right? And then, so then it's like, okay, so there's a creator, but there's all sorts of religions throughout the world that have a creator. Can I, can I question you philosophically for just a moment on sure. that? Sure, sure. When you state that because good exists, that the, um, this uh, creator must be good, uh, is it not fair to say that the creator is not good but absolute because both good and evil exist um, and neither could exist without creation? Yeah, so you're right that neither could exist, but what evil is is the um, it's the absence of good. So it's kind of like uh, um, the sun is hot, right? So in the absence of heat, you have cold. So good would be the positive, and uh, evil would be the the lack of good. Does that make sense? So because of that, God is completely good, and evil is turning away from God, and uh, that causes evil by kind of like going away from the sun you lose heat and you end up cold. Does that make sense? But I agree with, I mean, I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah, I mean, and, right? and again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be... Um, no, no, you're not at all. I think you know, that you're, that's a totally valid question. That's um, an interesting answer. It's the most reasonable answer that, I, that I've heard to that question. Um, yeah. And and that's the thing is, is that I would say, because people always ask, like, the problem of evil, you know, like, well, how can a good God, how can there be so much evil in the world? And I would say that evil in the world actually shows that there must be a God, because without, without uh, God, there can't be good or evil. 
there can't be good, I mean, without good, there can't be evil, because you're not, you don't have anything to compare it to, like what's good and evil, right? Therefore, the fact that there's good, the fact that they're evil means there must be good. If there's good, then there must be uh, somebody who created like that, the moral lawgiver, right? So I, th- I would say that evil actually um, proves that there has to be a God. So, um, and then but there's a whole lot of philosophical arguments about why God allows evil, but um, that's a whole other conversation, you know? No, agreed. Um, uh, so, so I would say, oh, sorry, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, I was just agreeing. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, um, you know, so then the next place to go would be, okay, so we've established that there must be some sort of being who is good, has established the, um, you know, morals and everything like that. And the Bible actually says that it's, uh, that God wrote the, um, law in our hearts that's why we like even somebody who's never been around christianity has the idea of good and evil but um anyways uh and then so, there's to interject uh, on that just for a moment um uh-huh. how how then the, does one explain um you know pure, pure lack of empathy that's been uh scientifically documented in individuals with um sociopathy and psychopathy yeah i i mean that's um i would i would say that that's all a uh a result of the fall because um i believe that god made humans perfectly good but when adam and eve uh turned away from god ate of the fruit of the tree and were cursed um the whole world was cursed and that created all sorts of you know sickness and death and all of that stuff and um that uh and so all of that type of stuff that we see, because I would say that, you know, things like sociopathy, all that stuff is a kind of sickness would be a result of the fall. Does that make sense? Okay. So uh, you're saying that, that uh, Adam and Eve were, were created uh, as perfect beings, and it's the choice to disobey through free will that has led to a uh, – spiral so to speak that would exactly uh, so the language the language that i would use would be that the bible or what the bible kind of says is that yes adam and eve were created perfect and they were created good and uh they were perfectly they were in communion with god but then they chose to sin and turn away from god when they did that um they cursed all of god's creation and they actually lost their ability to have a perfect free will because now they, through that spiritual death that they experienced, they became um, they were spirit. They became spiritually dead. They died spiritually, and they became uh, slaves to sin. So they lost. They actually lost their ability, uh, along with all of creation, to have a perfect free will. <clears throat> Does that make sense? That just and what that results in is the fact that of why people are naturally inclined to evil. So you see a kid, you don't have to teach a kid how to lie. You have to teach a kid how to tell the truth. Like example of it. So, yeah. So anyway, so to get, would you say that that's why, why um, life expectancies have, uh, had dropped from 900 plus years to the hundred ish, if you're lucky now. 
Yeah, so I really haven't researched that much. Um, I've always kind of wondered about that because it's there's a lot of uh, speculation about why that is, you know what I mean? Why the Bible says that Adam and Eve lived for that long, but now we only live for this long. Um, the Bible would say that it has something to do with, you know, the flood and sin and evil and all of that stuff. But those life expectancies did continue, like, to be that long after the fall um, until God decided for them not to be. And I'm, I really struggle to uh, speculate on things like that because uh, I would say that it's kind of, um, I don't know, that a lot of that stuff in the Bible is, uh, is um, I would say, the incomplete story. Like, they tell us something that's true. But, these, but the Bible only gives us enough information for what we need to be to uh, what God believes that we need to understand. And so it's like, I don't really understand why it did, why they decreased, why he chose to have them decrease, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like maybe the world was, I mean, I've had thoughts of like, maybe years were different back then, you know, like maybe the world went around the sun faster or maybe, um you know, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I've heard all sorts of things, so I just don't know. But, but yeah, anyways. So I wanted to, though, talk to you, kind of explain to you why, you know, I chose, I mean, I, I've kind of shown why there's the, why there must be a creator. But then I wanted to explain to you kind of why I believe that the Christian view of God is the, um, is accurate and, or the Christian God, Jesus all of that is accurate and it's the most it's actually the only worldview that is logically consistent and can stand up to um research criticism all of that stuff you know so the first thing is is that that really showed me that christianity is true is that it's different than every other religion in the world because Every other religion in the world, and you said you've went to you went to or uh, you read that uh, the Hindu holy scriptures, and the you. Correct. I'm sorry. The Bhagavad Gita, correct. Yeah, and um, you went. You said you went to that Buddhist. Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Retreat, you know, meditation retreat, like all of that. And um, as you study any other religion in the world, it teaches that you need to do certain things in order to have the positive outcome in the afterlife, whatever that may be. I mean, different religions speak of the afterlife or what's after this life, I guess I should say, in different ways. So Buddhists talk about reincarnation um, and seeking after nirvana. Uh, Hindus, they have a lot of different stuff. I'm really exactly sure, but it's all based on Buddhist similar beliefs, similar beliefs to Buddhism, because Buddhism was based on Hinduism. Um, Muslims believe in, you know, following the eight pillars, five pillars of Islam, whatever, you know, you have to go to Mecca and you have to um, do all of that stuff, right? And Judaism uh, believes in following the law in order to get to heaven, all of that. Christianity is completely different than that because Christianity says that you are not good and that you've sinned against a perfect and holy God and that God is perfectly just 
therefore he must punish all sin. And because he's holy and perfect and just, he um, he cannot uh, just overlook sin. He can't just look past it and pretend it never existed. So the best analogy to it is is that if you were going to be in a courtroom and you were to say that God is um, God is uh, uh, like a judge, right? Like he's just, so he's like a judge. If you were to like steal, let's say diamonds or something. And you went before the judge and you were like, judge, I know I did that, but I, I really want to try better. I I won't do it again. You know, can you just let me go? If the judge were to just say, oh, yeah, I see that you've been trying harder and you're not going to do it again. Go ahead and go. No punishment, right? That judge wouldn't be very just. In the same way, we are guilty of sinning and we must be God being just, he must punish us for our iniquities. Um, and the Bible says that uh, anyone who sins is guilty and will experience the hellfire. Uh, hellfire, outer darkness, gnash, place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like that's some of the terms that Jesus uses to talk about it. So that pretty much says that based on all of that, that we cannot get to heaven on our own good merit, no matter how hard we try. Because we have all sinned. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if you experience that outside of like looking at the Bible, if you think about your own life and anybody else's life, you know that that's true. Every single day, each one of us sins and does things that we aren't proud of multiple ways. You know, things that we wouldn't want to have playing on, played on a screen in front of our closest family and friends. We want them to see the things that we do, right? Is that right? I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, so Christianity is the only one that accurately diagnoses the problem, which is what we just talked about. And then they're the only one that have a only, – the only religion that has a logical or an actual yeah, logical and um, workable solution to the problem. And that is that although we cannot make it on our own, God sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to earth, came as a baby, born of the Virgin Mary. He lived a perfect life, never sinned, right? And then because he was, because Jesus is God, um, God the Son, he was able to live that perfect life. And then he died a sinner's death by being hung on the tree. On the, by, on, the, on the cross, right? And um, he, when he did that, he took the full wrath of God's righteous judgment for all sins, for all believers, for all time. He took all of that judgment and wrath upon himself. Um, when he did that, he, God's justice then was completely fulfilled because Jesus was um, was punished. The punishment has been paid. The fine has been paid. So now, by having faith in that, by by believing in that and trusting in that, we can. We are. It's called penal substitutionary atonement. What it means is is that our penalty was the penalty that we deserve. He has taken that. He is our substitute. The atonement has been paid for by him if we have faith in him and we believe in him. 
And then in order to prove it, he historically wrote, like historically, like it's historical fact, you could be, it can be argued and stuff, but it's been proven multiple times that the, the, like, preponderance of evidence, like the, the amount of evidence of his resurrection is beyond doubt that he was actually physically raised three days later from the dead and then ascended into heaven. I mean, there was like 500 witnesses that saw him. Um, the body is gone, even though it was sealed by a Roman seal and guarded by Roman, um, by Roman uh, uh, guards, you know. And so uh, that just, I mean, it shows that he did rise, raise from the dead and it proves that he actually did have power over the grave and therefore he had the power to um, forgive us for our sins by his blood. And then what's more than that is, is he doesn't just forgive our sins, but he also, his righteousness is actually credited to us. So now God no longer sees us as the sinful creatures that we are, but he sees us clothed in the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. And so because of that, um, and the and the historical facts for all of that, I mean, Jesus, if he had been a, if he'd been, you know, just a, a whatever, like somebody that was lying, you know, he could have easily just said like, oh, I spiritually rose again, right? Because you can never prove that wrong. Like his body could still be there and they would never be able to say like, no, he actually didn't. Like his spirit's still here, right? But no, he said he would physically rise again and then he did. And then like to go on with that too, like the book of Isaiah in the Bible, it was written 1500 years before Jesus was born. And in Isaiah 53, it's a very detailed um, account of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection. I mean, it says like um, that he would be punished for our transgressions. He would be uh, uh, killed for our iniquities. Um, you know, all of this graphic things that's very clearly talking about Jesus and um, it was written 1,500 years before him. So you can see that it's like it proves that he is who he says he was, that he was who the prophets are talking about and all of that stuff. And um, and so because it's – and so that's kind of what I was talking about, about the historical facts of it is that all the evidence of his resurrection, miraculous resurrection – and then you see like the pro or the apostles I mean who lived after, after the apostles who walked with him and everything and then lived afterwards they are um they wrote these books in times when like the books of the New Testament the last book of the New Testament was written in 95 AD Jesus died in about 33 AD so um most of the books were written between like 42 and the 60s uh, so within the within like whatever twenty to thirty years after he died, so there would have been people all over that region that had seen him, and if this stuff had been lies, it would have gotten called out, and those books would have been destroyed, right? But they weren't. They've survived throughout history, and we have uh, manuscripts going back. We have thousands of manuscripts going back to the first century, or uh, like the third century, I guess. Really, would be like the oldest ones, but. Um, that are all super accurate. I mean, like they're all like it shows that the Bible hasn't been changed or corrupted or anything like that. It's been um, uh, with it's been like, you know, continually correct throughout the whole time. There's like little bits of like 
changes in it due to um, like a like a scribe's pen or a scribe like writing a word the wrong way or whatever. But it's not like a change, like a change really. It's like a little error in one of the manuscripts. But overall, all the manuscripts match. And there's way more manuscripts than there is of things like, you know, Homer's The Odyssey and The Iliad and like all of that stuff. Um, we have more proof of Jesus than we do of a lot of those things. You know, I mean, I've heard that we even have more proof of Jesus's life than of like Napoleon's life, you know. So um, because of all that, we I, I think that Christianity is something that we can historically put our, like we can put our faith on on the in on a historical basis and we can trust that it's true just like we can trust that you know like history stuff like world war ii and all of that stuff like even though that we weren't there all of the history of it shows us that it's true and we can trust in it and it's kind of the same way then for me um I just had a lot of things happen to me that proved to me that God was real because there's more than just the historical stuff. Like the historical stuff is, I think, enough, but there's also like how God personally will um, uh, draw each person to him. So, for instance, in my experience, uh, I had multiple people. I had um, some Christians. I, had a, I went on a date with a Christian lady, and she said some stuff to me. I met some middle of the night, these two people walked up to me in Walmart and started talking to me. And then, um, you know, a guy that I work with was, had some, you know, randomly just, we had, a, we had a conversation about stuff and that got me thinking. And, um, so I, so I've just experienced times when draw, when it was clear that God was saying like, almost like reaching out his hand and saying like, Hey, I'm here, uh, through, through normal means, like not any like weird, you know, mystical feeling or anything but through normal means saying like hey i'm here you know come to me i'm real right and so then when i chose to put my faith in him um i confessed my sins and i asked for forgiveness and when i did that uh the bible says that you'll be filled with the holy spirit and um then the holy spirit will guide you into all truth right so after i put my faith in christ he I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then that's when I really start to start started to see the changes in my life, right? The things where the things that I used to to um, desire, I now saw as evil, you know, and uh, and just like the people that I used to associate with, I like didn't want to be around anymore. I had a hunger for God's Word. I wanted to read the Bible, and I wanted to understand the Bible, and I wanted to to be around Christians so I could know more about Jesus and, and all of that. And that was all because I initially chose to trust in the, in, in, in Christ, you know, like based on everything else I trusted in him. So therefore the Holy spirit was able to bring me deeper into knowing his truth. So, so that's what, that's why I would say, you know, looking towards what you were saying, don't try to trust in like, well, I don't feel it or I don't like whatever, but like, like rest in, you know, like look at the evidence, see that the evidence is, you know, sufficient, choose to trust in him. And then by choosing to trust in him, you will, he will 
lead you into that deeper relationship, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's a fairly thorough explanation. Yeah, I'm sorry, that went pretty long there, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was able to explain it really well to you. But what uh, what what do you, what do you like, kind of, do you have anything about that? Like anything that I said, questions, anything? Um, kind of a lot to process, to be honest. Um, no, it's a, a fairly logical argument. Yeah. Um, so, so let me, let me say this to you then, you know, um, why don't you, what I think, what I would recommend to you is to, um, uh, find a Bible, preferably not a King James Version, because they're almost impossible to read because they're written in like the 1600s, you know, find a new, like a, uh, my favorite is the English Standard Version, but you can download an app on your phone, like there's one called Version Bible, and go to the book of John, and just start reading the book of John, and then, you know, just um, try to think about the things that I said, maybe, maybe look up some stuff about the historical accuracy of the resurrection and stuff like that. And just, uh, um, just see where it leads you. You know what I mean? And then we'd be able, and then maybe like we can have more conversations and, and talk about the things that you researched and stuff like that. Like, I mean, does that make sense? Does that seem like yeah. something that would be, you know, yeah, you'd be interested the ability in? to have a, uh, a, a, a cohesive dialogue um, based on, yeah. uh, you know, um, yeah, based on, on on the word and 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 how it's written and how it's interpreted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that would be awesome. So, I mean, we have each other's phone number now, and we have, uh, you know, we can text and we can message and everything like that. And you know, you feel free to to message me or call me with any questions and I'll totally answer them. So but I think it's awesome to like reconnect with you and everything and like to be able to have that, to be able to sit here and talk to you again after, heck, I don't know, we haven't probably talked in like 10 years at least, probably more than that, honestly. So it's pretty cool it's, anyways. It's been, so, yeah, it's been, been a long time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I, um, I'm sorry. I just realized what time it is, and my wife and I have to go to the store. We have to pick up our groceries here in like 10 minutes. So I really, really have to let you go. But are you able to talk again like really soon? Like can we text? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I'm really sorry to let you go like without like really finishing our co- our talk, but I really got to let no, you go. No, no, quite all right. Life, life takes precedence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't, uh, uh, I'll do some reading in the book of John, and uh, um, we can speak about that uh, um, in a few days. Okay, cool. Sounds good. All right, talk to you later. All right, talk to you later, Alex. Bye. Bye. All right, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. You know, in that conversation, we talked about um, some things that are that are very bit pressing questions for people in the world. Things like, where do we come from? Why do we have a sense of good and evil? And is all those things just relative? Or are they an objective truth? And, uh, you know, what what is evil here for? Like, where did evil come from? Why is there evil? And what happens when I die? 
And, you know, the answers to all of those and so many other questions are truly found through faith in Christ by reading the Bible. So I would encourage you once again, like I did before the conversation, to just get out your Bible and start reading it and spend a little time each day reading your Bible so that you're ready to defend the faith and so that you know the answers to those questions. Because the more you read, the more sure you can become of the firm foundation that we have in Christ. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Let's pray for Alex and let's pray for all of our uh, friends and family who are having similar questions. God, you are the creator, the sustainer, the author of life. You are the moral law giver. Without you, nothing can exist. And because of you, everything that is good exists. And God, when we turn away from you, we see nothing but darkness and evil. Because you are the source of all good. And we worship you for that. God, every day we turn away from you in thought, in word, and in deed. So God, as we come to you now in prayer, we confess our sins, ask that you will forgive them and cleanse us by the blood of your son, Jesus, and make us righteous again so that we can come boldly before the throne of grace, having been washed by the blood of Christ and knowing that you accept us and that you see us clothed in the righteousness of your son. God, thank you for that righteousness. Thank you that you died on the cross, that your son Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that his perfect righteousness has been imputed to us by faith. God, thank you for the people in our lives, our fathers and mothers in the faith who persevered through us, with us through times of doubt and disbelief and continue to share the gospel and to love us and to uh, minister to us so that at the time that you appointed, we came to you. God, thank you for all of the blessing that you give us, both worldly and spiritually. That you give us health and that you give us all the things that we need. Like Jesus said, you clothe us in clothing more radiant than the lilies of the field. And you feed us, you take care of us, even more than the, than the sparrows, God, because you care about us and you love us. So we thank you. God, I want to pray for this conversation that I had with Alex. And I want to pray for Alex, that you will bring him to a knowledge of you. God, I pray that that conversation was glorifying to you. And if there was anything that I said that wasn't true, that you would bring it to mind so that I can uh, get a hold of him and, and make sure that I clarify that. God, I ask that you would just use that conversation to bring Alex to you. Use me. Help me to love him to stay in relationship with him, to, uh, to hear his needs, his concerns, and be able to 
meet him where he is so that he can meet your son Jesus God I pray that you would grant him life and repentance and now we pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen